It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, KT Live, PSPR Law Studios in Las Vegas. It is a throwback Thursday. Brad Power is going to join me next segment. He will be on the PSPR Law Hotline throughout the night. Going to go over all the college football coming up this weekend. Got games tomorrow night, of course, on Friday, and then Saturday, a great slate. And we've been treated to some great college football throughout the season, and it should continue on Saturday. Some big marquee games, some upsets last week. We'll get into those with BP. We'll get into the rankings, where he thinks teams are as far as his power rankings which are second to none, and uh, see if he can't slip out a couple plays that still have some value. He gets to all those lines early, so that closing line value that he gets, about 80 85% of the time he's ahead of the game. So when you see lines move, you can bet Mr. Power is probably involved, and uh, we will get with BP. But, of course, PSBR Law Studios, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, Wednesday, like last night, always out at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. Great crowd there last night, and... Come visit me. I'm always there. And first two that always come up to the table, get that free appetizer and uh, take care of them. That is 1750 North Buffalo. Again, three of those Steiner's pubs here in the Vegas Valley, all three, 24 hours, and all three cater to Las Vegas sports big time. So tonight we've got the Las Vegas, uh, or I should say the Vegas Golden Knights. They don't use the loss, but the Vegas Golden Knights, they're back in action at the bottom of next hour against the San Jose Sharks. So big-time stuff there. Roger Sachs really takes care of everybody as far as the Vegas teams. Raiders back in action here at Allegiant Stadium. If you can't make it to the game, get out there to one of the three Steiners Pub locations. And, of course, the Las Vegas Aces looking to wrap things up on Sunday as well as they look for back-to-back championships, lead the New York Liberty two games to none. So that series will continue in New York. And then, of course, Saturday, UNLV taking on the boys from up north, UNR. I'm telling you, it is wall-to-wall sports action right here in Las Vegas. But again, PSBR Law, the best in personal injury for a long time in Southern California, year number four now here in the Vegas Valley. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice. You know the 702 area code for Vegas. Jot this number down. You may need personal injury help in the future and nobody better. 830 9353. 830 9353. 830 9353. Panache, Boyle, Ravaputi, PSBR Law.com. My producer, Mark Oak, running the show as he does throughout the week. And Mark does his own show on Sunday mornings, the best in professional wrestling. You like professional wrestling, you will love the Mark Oak show. It is uh, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And we both, of course, come at you 101.5 FMK Dawn. And if you haven't downloaded the Odyssey app, real easy to do so. A U D A C Y is how you spell it. It is a free app. And it'll give you an opportunity not only to listen to the shows and all the different podcasts that are on the Odyssey app, but also you can go and use the rewind feature. So if you miss any part of the show after the show concludes, you can just go right there and press that rewind feature and listen back to the show. But we always get started SportsX Radio just like this. Now, the starting five, number one. Well, number one, you know, I said there's a lot of things going on in Vegas, right? But we did not forget about the old Shriners Children's Open. Right here, it is an annual event right here, TPC Summerlin. And they're still playing. Uh, last I saw, Bo Hostler had the lead. Yes, he is still in the lead. Bo Hostler, nine under par. 
has a one-stroke lead over uh, JT Poston and uh, Cameron Champ. Champ just finishing up minutes ago. So there it is as far as top of the leaderboard. But, of course, Lexi Thompson became the seventh lady ever to compete in a PGA event. Let's see where Lexi is. I know she had a rough go of it on the early uh, holes there on the front nine and was three over par. But last I saw, she had gotten back to one over par, and I'm trying to see because I know she still had some golf to go. There she is. She's still at plus one, 15 holes through, so she's got three more holes right there. Fantastic. I know she had uh, three birdies, had a couple bogeys, and a double bogey got her, uh, I think, on hole number eight. But she is one over par, so she's in good shape there. She's tied for 77th, but it'll be interesting to see how she does through tomorrow. Right now, you've got uh, some of the elder statesmen, uh, some of the guys. uh, Jim Herman actually withdrew, but some of the guys uh, plus 10. So we know Lexi Thompson in a good position there. She's not going to finish near the bottom of the barrel, that's for sure. And I'm hoping she can make a good go of it. We remember her starting her career at age 16, but now playing here in the Shriners Children's Open right here in our backyard at TPC Summerlin in Las Vegas. Number two. All right. uh, Always tough to kind of get in some of this uh, sad news, but uh, it is what it is. I mean, sometimes, uh, boy, you just hate reporting on this stuff. But Northwestern State football, Ronnie Caldwell, he died in a shooting. He is a junior safety or was a junior safety for Northwestern State's football team. And uh, died early this morning from shots. He was shot multiple times over there in Louisiana, just 21 years young. It is absolutely heartbreaking when you see this kind of stuff happen. Uh, Of course, Northwestern State, they're in the Southland Conference. They canceled their game Saturday. They're going to take on Nickel State, also from Louisiana, uh, as a result of Caldwell's death. But a young man who had a bright future in front of him, according to his coach, Brad Laird, and said in a statement, uh, they're just heartbroken. And uh, their prayers are with the family, as are ours. Ronnie Caldwell, dead at the age of 21. And again, just uh, some of these things going on in the world, just real sad. But this one, whenever somebody's life short-circuited at such a young age, it really kind of hits home. And uh, our prayers again with the Caldwell family. Number three. All right. uh, Appeal in John Gruden's emails lawsuit. Well, that's got a hearing date now. And, of course, that'll be right here in Las Vegas, the Nevada Supreme Court plans to soon uh, plans to soon hear the NFL's appeal ruling, and that's of course trying to deny a request of former Las Vegas Raiders coach John Gruden's lawsuit against the league, and they want to try and keep it out of the public courtroom and move it into a closed door arbitration. So we'll see how all that pans out, but that should be coming up sometime early next week, and we will see how this all pans out. But of course, of course, Coach Gruden. Uh, hoping that he's going to be able to have this held publicly so that he can uh, kind of bring some things out that he said he wants to get out there about the NFL, and he says it'll be interesting for the public to hear it. The NFL, of course, trying to squash that and keep everything behind closed doors. Number four. All right, let's stay with uh, NFL football, and we're going to go uh, former Dallas Cowboy, and I am glad I didn't miss this because I remember watching this guy play when I was a little kid Ex-Cowboys running back Walt Garrison, 79 years of age. He passed away early yesterday, and uh, that came out today. Now, Garrison was an interesting character, uh, was a rookie in his first year, and he ended up playing nine years with the Dallas Cowboys. But his first year with Tom Landry, the dapper head coach, who was very strict, had his rules, but 11 o'clock was curfew. But Walt Garrison, he was a rodeo guy, and so didn't make a ton of money, so he figured, you know, As long as practice is over, if I can get back in the room before 11 o'clock curfew, I'm good to go. 
I'm not starting as a rookie, so might as well bring in some extra money. He did that and really got into the rodeo. Of course, after they found out, they said, hey, uh, n- enough of this. But Garrison still did the rodeo in the offseason, and I uh, really enjoyed it. He did the uh, was a steer wrestling, I believe it was, and really enjoyed it. And he ended up doing it uh, after his playing days as well, but then he blew out his knee and really never came back. So uh, Walt Garrison, he was a character, no doubt, a true Texan and part of uh, Super Bowl teams there with the Dallas Cowboys, dead at the age of 79, but gave everybody down there in Big D a lot of thrills throughout his career. He was one heck of a player and one of those good old Southern guys, but he was a true Dallas Cowboy, no question about it, on and off the field. Number five. And, of course, Thursday night. What does that mean? Thursday night football in the NFL. And it is a snooze fest as far as on the scoreboard. People looking, going, ah, KC going to take on Denver. Shouldn't have a problem with Russell Wilson and the guys. Well, Russell Wilson's struggling right now, but Kansas City's struggling as well. Right now, that score, three to nothing. Are you kidding me? Just three to nothing. And we've got three minutes and 50 seconds left in the first half. However, Kansas City has its second and goal on the Denver nine. They've been knocking on the door several times. Uh, Mahomes, uh, an interception inside the 10-yard line earlier, and Russell Wilson really has not gotten on track. So we'll keep an eye on that game. It is, again, 3 nothing right now, Kansas City leading. And don't forget, we also have Major League Baseball playoffs continuing. Going to get to that in just a sec, but that is a look at the starting five here on a throwback Thursday. College football as well. I'll save those two Thursday night scores to get into with Brad Powers in our next segment, and that will come up in about 10 minutes from now. But uh, let's duck in and check in on Kansas City because this is a team that, you know, really hasn't been playing that well. This is a team that, you know, we all expect to win the AFC West. Their, you know, roster is second to none, no question. Mahomes right now throwing for 148 yards, but has the interception. Pacheco on the ground, nine carries for 47 yards. And how about Travis Kelsey? They didn't know if he was going to play tonight. Seven receptions, 109 yards. Still plenty of time in case he gets on the board now with a touchdown, a touchdown pass to Kadarius Tony. Are you kidding me? Nine nothing extra point pending. KC leading Denver. Russell Wilson, five of seven for seventeen yards. Are you kidding me? Like what are you doing? Throw the ball down the freaking field. Javante Williams and uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, they've done most of the damage for Denver on the ground. They have sixty two yards rushing, but Russell Wilson just seventeen yards passing. And uh, we'll wait to see if Denver can get on track. But it has been a nightmare for the Denver Broncos. And they are parting ways with former Kansas City Chief Frank Clark. Remember during the offseason, Clark, the uh, second-best pass rusher, uh, according to the Broncos, when they brought him in, they thought he and Randy Gregory would be a great one-two punch. Well, how about Gregory gets shipped off to the 49ers earlier this week, and now it looks like the Broncos indeed will part ways with Frank Clark. Uh, they renegotiated the contract down and uh, they're not going to pay him nearly what they were going to pay him. And then they're looking to uh, find a trade partner. So we'll see if Frank Clark's able to uh, move on to another team. And that's what's, it's kind of tough because you watch some of these guys, they really struggle with the team they're into, you know, with their, that they're on, like the Denver Broncos. And then, you know, the team struggles. So then the guys get disgruntled and, you know, they're whining and complaining. And somehow, some way, these guys end up going to a good, solid team and uh, having a chance to make the postseason. So I don't think it's all that fair. Uh, Frank Clark, that was supposed to be a big acquisition there uh, for Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos, but that didn't pan out. The Randy Gregory deal didn't pan out. And right now, Russell Wilson, that has been a bust so far as well. And uh, just a matter of time, I think, before 
Old uh, Stidham, Jared Stidham, the former Raider quarterback, gets a shot at that starting job. The Broncos, 1-4, and four, could be 1-5, and five, trailing at 10 nothing now, 3.06 to go in the first half in Kansas City. Meanwhile, let's go and check on the uh, Major League Baseball. And, uh, again, we're going to get into the other scores, college football, in a little bit when Brad comes on the show. But uh, Major League Baseball going tonight, and that's a big-time game with the Philadelphia Phillies trying to wrap things up at home. They are at home against the Atlanta Braves, and the Braves with the best record in baseball. Game is tied at one apiece right now. Bottom four, Atlanta only two hits. Philadelphia's got five, but Strider on the hill there for the Braves, pitching pretty well. Uh, Riley, a home run for the only Braves run. We know they led the league in home runs. They were absolutely incredible all year long. And Philadelphia also got a solo shot from Nick Castellanos as uh, Atlanta get their, got their solo shot in the top of the fourth, and Philly answered with the Castellanos home run in the bottom of the fourth. And now it is after four, all tied at one. Phillies, if they win it, they move on to take on the Arizona Diamondbacks. My goodness, the D-backs taking care of business last night against the Dodgers, sweeping the Dodgers three games to none after beating Milwaukee and being the road team and taking Milwaukee out in two games. So Arizona, are you kidding me? Torrey Lovello unreal run right now he's got to be living on cloud nine but the diamondbacks hoping that they'll be able to uh you know take out whoever it is from the nle series right now that's going on atlanta and philadelphia and arizona going to get a little rest so they're going to kind of root for atlanta i would think in this game just so that series can continue although maybe sometimes when you're hot you want to stay and and continue to play as quickly as possible as we've seen if atlanta goes down tonight we'll, we'll end up seeing three of the top four seeds in major league baseball going out uh, that had the bye and the rest. And right now that has not worked out. The Dodgers didn't win a game. That hurts big time. The Orioles didn't win a game. And uh, Atlanta, they could be out. The only team taking care of business, three games to one, that was the Houston Astros as they knocked out Minnesota yesterday. Meanwhile, NHL, we've got some NHL going. Remember the Golden Knights and Sharks. They'll drop the puck at 737 from the Shark Tank. That'll be game number two for the Golden Knights, but the opener for the San Jose Sharks as they open their season. Golden Knights getting a nice win 4-1 to the other night against the Seattle Kraken in their opener as they unveiled the Stanley Cup champion banner. That was good stuff. Meanwhile, scores going right now. Rangers lead the Sabres in Buffalo. That is three to one, and uh, that is eleven fifty-four left in the third period. How about Mark Hoke's Flyers right now leading Columbus two to one, ten forty-three to go in the third period from Columbus. Two to one Devils back in Jersey in the Garden State, doubling up on the Red Wings right now. Good game after two, and the uh, Kraken back in action, taking on Nashville. No score, so the Kraken having trouble scoring. Only one goal in their first five-and-a-half periods. No score midway through the second period. The uh, Kraken in Nashville. Now, as I say that, Nashville gets on the board. They lost a tough 5-3 opener at Tampa Bay, but Nashville leads it one nothing as uh, Sissions gets the goal on a backhander, and one uh, nothing they lead the Kraken just under 10 minutes to go in that second period. The Blues and Stars from Dallas, that game also tied at 1, 12-22 to go, second period in the Minnesota Wild. Have grabbed a one nothing lead, also a very low-scoring game. That is midway through the second period in Minnesota. So a look at the hockey scores there. Meanwhile, uh, we do have college football, and again, I'll get those scores to you in just a sec. I'm going to take a break, but let me update everything else going on as far as, well, I was going to get you the uh, the NBA preseason games, but I'll pass on those. We do have the Suns and Blazers coming up 
in about an hour from now, but that's the only game that is not tipped off. And basketball, not far away, and of course college hoops as well. UNLV, they had Mountain West Media Days the last two days at Resorts World right here in Vegas, and uh, UNLV will be opening up in early November, I think November 6th. They've got two home games, the 6th and the 8th, and uh, we'll be getting Kevin Kruger on the show. Looking forward to a great season for UNLV basketball, both men's and women's. should both be very, very competitive. And, of course, the Mountain West on the men's side. Are you kidding me? San Diego State making it all the way to the finals, and they've got some of those key cogs back. And uh, Brian Dutcher's got a solid squad as well. So we'll look at getting into college hoops. Everything coming at us full force. SportsX Radio, take our break, come back. Lots of college football on the agenda with Mr. Brad Powers. You can follow him on Twitter at BradPower7. Follow the show at SportsX Radio at Ken Thompson87. Miss any part of the show. The archives go up about 45 minutes after the broadcast. Or, like I said, the easiest way to listen back to the show, just download the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, and listen to the Rewind feature. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM, using that Odyssey app. That's good news as well. We're live from Vegas, PSBR Law Studios. It is Ken Thompson on a throwback Thursday. Coming back with Mr. Brad Powers, lots of lots of college football. Keep it right here. Mark Koch right on, spinning the hits here on a throwback Thursday. That's right. Brad Powers on the PSBR Law Hotline. So call me. Yeah, we called you. And we got you for the rest of the night, Mr. Powers. Great to always have you and uh, like to get you in studio. But I know you're hurting a little bit tonight. But hopefully, uh, as long as the voice is okay, that's all we really care about. We know we're going to get the best in college football as far as information and, of course, uh, breaking down the games and whatnot. But, BP, how are things going for you, pal, outside of the uh, the foot hurting a little bit? Uh, I'd be better if uh, SMU had a better performance here in the second half than what I saw in the final 20 minutes of that first half. Uh-oh. Okay, so I was going to get into those uh, college football scores. I waited for those two games to make sure that uh, you're going to be able to run them down for us. SMU at the half, 14-10, leading East Carolina. You got the ponies. What are you laying? I uh, gave it out at nine and a half. Uh, so, I mean, got in front of the move, but uh, we'll see. I mean, it's it's not looking good the last 20 minutes, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, look good really early, but, uh, you know, I don't know. You never know in today's day and age. No doubt about it. SMU up 14 nothing after one. 14-10 at the half. They lead East Carolina. And then a back-and-forth game in the old Dana Holgerson Bowl. Former coach of West Virginia, of course, been coaching Houston. And the uh, Cougs at home, two wins, three losses. West Virginia somehow, Neil Brown has that team 4-1. and one, And they're on the move right now at the Houston 16. But 21-17, Cougars, this one going back and forth. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I, I really would like this 20. If uh, West Virginia could uh, score and make it 24-21, it would be uh, one of my better results of the season because I bet Houston plus 6.5. I laid 2.5 with West Virginia, and I bet under 54.5. There you go. All right. We'll uh, keep an eye on it. 509 to go third quarter, 21-17 Houston. West Virginia on the move. BP, unbelievable week again of college football last week just uh you know there's so many games that were so interesting but we got the day rolling with oklahoma texas and i know you were on the longhorns but again one of those red river games just one of the games if you're just a fan of college football 
you appreciate. Whether you had a nickel on it or no money at all, it ends 34-30 Oklahoma. Dylan Gabriel finding a way to get it done inside the final seconds. Did it with his legs, did it with his arm at the end. And uh, a big win for Oklahoma and Brent Venables, 34 30 the final. They're off to a 6-0 start after a miserable campaign last year. And people, you know, really disgruntled there in the Norman area going like, what did we get this defensive coordinator from Clemson for? Well, finding out that he uh, put together a pretty good roster. And right now, Oklahoma, 34-30 beating Texas. I would think that there's a good possibility these two teams could play again later on this season. Very good possibility because both are going to be significantly favored in the remaining games down the stretch. Doesn't mean automatically mean that they'll win everyone, but my goodness, that's the odds on favorite is that we'll see a rematch. And believe it or not, even though Oklahoma won that game uh, via outright upset, Texas would still be favored in the rematch. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Quinn Ewers, a good solid game, but a couple interceptions. Uh, not used to seeing him throw multiple picks in a game. Uh, Brooks has really solidified himself on the ground. Therefore, Texas with Bijan Robinson going to the NFL, uh, pretty good game with 129 and a touchdown on the ground, and then Ewers threw for 346, just the one touchdown. But you have an excellent receiving core, and Whittington and Worthy both over the century mark, but didn't hit pay dirt there for the Horns. Meanwhile, Dylan Gabriel, he was that dual threat, and we saw a lot of that when he was at Central Florida but he rushed for 113 on 14 carries, got a touchdown. Uh, Walker got a couple touchdowns, but didn't run for much on the average, only three yards a carry. And Gabriel then threw for the 285. And the touchdown, the lone touchdown, was key because it was with just 15 seconds left to Nick Anderson. Anderson's only catch of the game, a three-yard touchdown reception. And the Sooner faithful went nuts. But I just love the way that game set up where you have 50% Longhorn fans, 50% Sooner fans, and it is just a game that is a spectacle to behold. And, of course, the big fairgrounds and everything going on prior to uh, festive atmosphere. Have you made it to that game, Brett? Unfortunately, I am not. It's on the bucket list. Hopefully they continue to play it in the Cotton Bowl there. Uh, you would hope that that's the case. I know they specifically remodeled the Cotton Bowl here recently because of it. Uh, so, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to make it someday. because if, if I mean, obviously it's a pair of blue bloods, a lot of tradition. But honestly, go, go through the results the last you know, 10 years or so, I would make a strong case that that's the rivalry that's had the, the, you know, the, the most uh, intriguing games as far as the uh, excitement level. I mean, there's been four or five just absolute you know, instant classics, including, you know, last Saturday, even though it was on the horns. So wasn't happy with the result, but it was a good game. Well, a couple of results I know you were happy with were Georgia 51-13, flexing their muscles, and you told me they, KT, Kentucky, going up in class 34-7 to at halftime in between the hedges, 51-13, blowout city. Brock Bowers continues to excel, best tight end in football. You told me that. Uh, last year, and you said, keep an eye on this kid, KT. This guy's going to be something at the next level as well. And then Michigan, 52-10, to 10, you said more of the same. After they drubbed Nebraska in Lincoln, you said, I really don't see Minnesota doing much different than Nebraska. It was closer in the first half, 24-10, but Minnesota didn't score in the second half. Got outscored 28 nothing by the Wolverines, and it's a pretty solid squad Harbaugh's got. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. I uh, just what, what I saw in the Nebraska game was just something that you don't see very often in, in today's day and age in college football. And to be honest with you, I hadn't seen outside of Alabama and Georgia the last ten, fifteen years. It's just you know, total domination up front on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Even though everybody in the stadium knows what you're, you're getting, what the formula is, and they still can't even come close to stopping you. Uh, yeah, Michigan is the real deal this season. Uh, I I haven't thought so the last couple of years. 
but I, th- this year's team is capable of obviously winning the Big Ten again for a third straight year, but this year's team capable of winning a national championship. There you go. Meanwhile, Ohio State, they get the win and the cover of the closing line. Uh, they really struggled in the first half. The game was tied at 10 against Maryland. In fact, Buckeyes didn't even score until a few minutes into the second quarter at home, coming off a bye. And Maryland's defense played very, very well in that first half. Uh, Buckeyes had a, only a three-point lead after three quarters, but domination in the fourth quarter, 17 nothing. Win it 37-17. A tough Pill to swallow for some of those that got to the window late there for the Terps, 37-17. Your take, though, on Loxley and Talia Tungavailoa, because I thought, you know, even though he threw the two interceptions, they managed the game as well as they could, I think, to hang in there. But their defense against the run, very impressive, slowing down the Buckeye rushing game. Yeah, I mean, they didn't cover the points, for it, but I, I think coming out of that game, you had to upgrade uh, Maryland's power rating because I, I thought they, you know, handled themselves well for a majority of the game. In fact, I mean, you know, Ohio State's only score in the first 35 minutes of the game was via a pick six and a field goal, so they hadn't even scored offensively. So, yeah, I, I thought Maryland was obviously the right side there. Uh, kudos for them. We'll see how they hand if they can handle business this week as a big favorite against Illinois. But good, good performance by Maryland. Uh, I tweeted that my, my bigger takeaway was on the other side. Uh, I, I just I don't care that Ohio State ended up winning by 20. When you can't run the football against Maryland, couldn't really, really run it against Notre Dame outside the long run by Henderson. I, I this is the worst Ohio State team in a generation outside of that you know the the funky year where they didn't you know Trussell had to resign or they fired him and then, and then all the players are suspended like Terrell Pryor. Uh, the, the, this is. Uh, a Buckeye team that, uh, you know, they're going to get theirs uh, probably next week against Penn State. If not, I think Michigan easily handles them in the, in the finale. Wow, there it is. And you got a lot of Buckeye faithful here in Vegas and throughout the country that are saying, wait a minute, we're 5-0, and we're 2-0 and in the Big Ten. McCord is just settling in, threw for 320 and a couple touchdowns. We have Harrison Jr., maybe the best receiver, probably the best receiver in the country, eight receptions, 163 and a touchdown. What do you want from us, Powers? That's what the, the Ohio State Buckeye. I want to be able to consistently run the football. I want a quarterback that, that that is consistently throwing it down the field and not, you know, I don't know. Again, I'm all about this. Change one play in one game. What's the narrative? I mean, Notre Dame had how many different opportunities to beat Ohio State? You know, and McCord always turned the corner. Well, he literally almost threw an interception on that final drive. The Notre Dame defensive back, D.J. Brown, dropped it. I mean, he doesn't drop it. Notre Dame intercepts it. What's the narrative on Ohio State? There'd be a lot more negativity than there is right now. I promise you that negativity is coming here uh, down the stretch. Outstanding. Great analogy there. Meanwhile, you and I have talked about SC. I love SC. That's my squad. But at the end of the day, they're so lucky they beat Arizona. They had no business winning that game. They were dominated by Fafita, a backup quarterback who threw for five touchdowns through the interception, but, you know, Caleb Williams is a special player. There's no doubt. He only threw one touchdown, but he rushed for three and got the big two-point conversion. He's a Houdini on the field, and they're very fortunate they were able to pull that game out. And I know you thought SC could take out Notre Dame in South Bend. The Irish lose at Louisville. Now they host USC. Any change of mind as far as that game because the SC defense under Alex Grinch again has struggled despite having much better players than last year? No, uh, if anything, a stronger position on SC. All right. I'm, I'm just hoping. I'm not touching the game. I'm just hoping the boys from Troy can uh, 
take it another notch. I know they're probably going to get their lunch handed to them at Austin Stadium later on in the year. I won't even get into that, and we'll see what happens with Oregon, Washington. That should be one heck of a game in Seattle. Uh, last game, though, Louisville, Notre Dame. You told me that Louisville, despite having trouble the week before where they couldn't run the football that they were going to be okay against Notre Dame, and they ran it real well. Jordan had 143 yards on the ground and a couple touchdowns. Uh, Great call, BP. You had some really good ones. I mean, the Georgia call was outstanding, and Michigan again, and then you nailed this one as well, saying Louisville would take out the Domers. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I wasn't super confident, and I got a little bit more confident, uh, I think, after I did your show and I got closer to game day. Uh, I, I, you know, we'll get into the game. I mean, it's not like I'm overly, you know, the big time buy on Louisville right now. In fact, I wouldn't be a bit surprised to get beat uh, on Saturday by Pittsburgh. But, uh, you know, kudos for them. Uh, Notre Dame has turned the football over. Why does Notre Dame turn the football over? I just think mentally, physically, they're out of gas. I mean, this now is going to be their eighth straight week playing. Um, you know, that was their third straight ranked opponent. Now this week, a fourth strength ranked opponent. And when you're mentally tired, you got a Sam Hartman kid that hadn't thrown an interception all year. He throws three. Um, and then you got defense giving up explosive plays when they really hadn't all season. You got an offensive line that I, I, I don't know, they're trying to rotate bodies in there. I mean, it's just a total mismatch unit. Um, and uh, I don't like the offense coordinator higher. And I think uh, uh, the, the end, is a, or at least the turning point uh, of the Freeman era, uh, it happens on Saturday night where it's uh, uh, the, the, the end, uh, the, you know, it's going downhill uh, from Saturday night on. All right, so SMU still 14-10, 13 minutes to go third quarter, 24-21. You asked for that touchdown for West Virginia. You got it, 13-55 to go fourth quarter at Houston. And uh, one FCS game, it is St. Francis of PA leading Wagner, 17-7, 10-06 to go in the fourth quarter. Let's jump into some Friday football, and then we'll jump into our final break of hour number one. Tulane in Memphis. Tomorrow, Willie Fritz taking on Ryan Silverfield. And right now, Memphis at home, catching four and a half from the Green Wave. And a good, solid two-lane team. Uh, they've struggled in a few games, though, that we thought may have been easier for them at the beginning of the year when we looked at the schedule. 54 and a half your total. BP, where are you going on this one? You know what? I didn't bet it, believe it or not. Uh, this is one where, you know, I respect the money on two-lane. I mean, it's, you know, you got a couple data points with, you know, Pratt not healthy. Uh, so that, you know, probably should help, uh, you know, scream that uh, two-lane's probably a little bit underrated in the marketplace. Yeah, you're going to have a coaching mismatch here between, you know, Fritz versus uh, Silverfield, to say the least. So not surprised, but I'm not running in the window to, to fade Memphis at home. They, they've been one of the better home teams in college football last decade. You know, Dion, I, I love Dion, and I, I love uh, Coach Prime, a lot of the stuff that he says, and I love that his faith is as strong as it is. But he came out whining about an 8 o'clock game locally there in Boulder. You know, off a 1-11 campaign, you've gotten more national attention with this squad because of who you are and because of, uh, you know, bringing your son o- your sons over and, and a bunch of roster moves, to say the least. But, I mean, embrace it. It's 8 o'clock. It's a freaking Friday night, Dion. It's not like it's Tuesday night or Wednesday night. It's 8 o'clock at night in Boulder, Colorado. And I think if he ever had a chance to come out and maybe go into one of these uh, properties here in Vegas on a Friday night to see that they would basically be a standalone game after the Fresno State-Utah State game finishes up, I mean, I think he would change his tune a little bit. Uh, in that game, Stanford at Colorado and Boulder, the Buffs minus 11.5, 59.5. Any preference there? Troy Taylor in his first year there, of course, with Stanford and Dion in his first year there with the Buffs. Stanford for me off the bye uh, versus Colorado team playing seven straight weeks. A lot of close games, a lot of high-profile games. You wonder 
if they're running on empty. Now, Travis Hunter coming back would be a big boost, obviously, on both sides of the ball for Colorado. But Stanford, for me, a pesky little dog. Not saying that Stanford went all right, but uh, I screams to me like a 10-point Colorado win. There you go. And what we're hearing is that Hunter is going to try to give it a go coming off the lacerated liver. We'll see. We'll find out tomorrow. Don't want to rush him back, but uh, like you said, that'd be a big feather in his cap if he can even go three-quarter speed. This kid is a special athlete going both ways there, cornerback and wide receiver for the Buffs. And then Mountain West football tomorrow, 5 o'clock Pacific time, Fresno State against Utah State, so locally 6 o'clock start there in Logan. And right now the Bulldogs, four-and-a-half-point favorites, 56 but BP somehow, some way, I got that one right. Wyoming able to win the game twenty-four to nineteen. They were up twenty-four to seven. Fresno State battled back, but couldn't get over the top. And uh, that was a big win there for the Pokes. Who do you like in this one? Fresno State minus the four and a half against Utah State. Fifty-six your total. You know, I didn't bet it, but something tells me Utah State's the right side here. Fresno State's quarterbacks out. Uh, I think a short week after the disappointing loss, that streak being broken as far as the win streak for Fresno State dating back to last year. Uh, sometimes that happens again the very next week. So Utah stayed outright for me. All right. So we got a ton of games tomorrow. And we're going to take a break in a sec. But, Brad, a uh, ton of games, I should say, for Saturday. Right now, we know we're going to get rain. Now, the wind, that could come into play as well. The uh, uh, Several times, you know, we, we've we been looking. And as it gets closer to game day, the wind kind of dissipates a little bit. And they yeah. end up dropping it. But right now, we're looking at a couple games, including in Ann Arbor, where you're looking at 18-mile-an-hour winds and 80% rain there for Indiana-Michigan. But Michigan probably won't have a problem against Indiana. Uh, you've got some other ones there where the wind could come into play. But really, in that uh, Mid-American Conference area, you got Akron and Central Michigan, Bowling Green, your alma mater and Buffalo, uh, Miami of Ohio, Western Michigan, a lot of those games going to be inclement weather, uh, Ohio and Northern Illinois, that one uh, really looking like a, the wind will get up there in the Ohio area right there in DeKalb and rain mixing in. So uh, do you, when you see these early weather reports, if you see the high wind and the rain, do you look to play an initial under and then look for that total to drop and then maybe come back over the top? Yeah, that's uh, that's the preference as far as the game plan and, and how to get after that. But I, I'm here to tell you, every, that's everybody's game plan. So we see these weather totals get hit. Used to get hit. Well, it used to not get hit until like Thursdays. Then it was Wednesdays. Then it was Tuesdays. I'm here to tell you that this week, I mean, these were getting bet into on Monday. So, well, uh, I don't have too many. I have a couple of them. Wasn't even thinking. I was just already thinking under in the game already, not even thinking about weather. So, uh, man, uh, they were hitting the marketplace very early, KT. I can only look, to be honest with you, what I'm looking for, because I think these are over overcorrected. Everyone gets so anxious and so, you know, let's bet under, let's bet under, bad weather, bad weather. I mean, a lot of times if the weather breaks just a little bit, you can have, I mean, a great overplay. Yes, no doubt about it. All right, we take our final break of hour number one. We come back, we pick it up with Saturday's action, game 125-126, Mid-American action, Kent State at Eastern Michigan. We will go rapid fire. There will be 12 games that we will highlight at the end, so if we jump over a game in rotation order, you'll know we'll be coming back to it in hour number two and getting a little bit more attention on some of those marquee games. Ken Thompson, Mark Hope producing, Brad Powers on the PSBR Law Hotline, live from Vegas, 101.5 FM Dawn, streaming live on the Odyssey app. We'll be right back.
Uh, give me three steps, baby, on a Thursday night. KT, rocking and rolling with Brad Powers. Lots of college football to get to. Mark Hoke's been in the hits. Update the Phillies leading now 2-1. to one. Solo shot from Trey Turner, who's 3-3. Three for three. They go to the bottom of the sixth. Philly trying to eliminate Atlanta. Lead it 2-1. to one. Lead the series 2-1. to one. We'll keep an eye on that game. At the half, Kansas City shutting out Denver on Thursday night football. 13 nothing. If you don't have uh, prime, don't worry about it. You're not missing much. And uh, college football, Houston gets that score back, so they lead West Virginia now 28-24, 12-10 to go fourth quarter. Still 14-10 SMU up over East Carolina, 10 minutes to go third quarter there. Brad Powers at Brad Power Sports, or uh, at Brad Power 7 is the uh, X handle or the Twitter handle, and then Brad Power Sports is the website. And uh, BP has a couple different packages that you can get from him. you got the VIP service and the newsletter second to none. This guy does a ton of homework all year long and continues to excel as far as beating the closing line value week in, week out as far as college football. All right, BP, let's jump into it. Let's go Mid-American style. Kent at Eastern Michigan. Creighton's guys at home against Kenny Burns in his first year there with the Golden Flashes. Eastern Mish minus 839.5. Yeah, with the suppressed scoring as far as the low total, I you know I agreed with the Kent State money that just came in today. Uh, this one dropped about a point and a half. Uh, I'm going to lean with the underdog here at Kent State plus 8.5 with a total of 39. There you go. The boys from Champaign, they've dropped six in a row against the number, Illinois, two and four on the year. They'll take on that Maryland team that played well against Ohio State on the road. Terp's going to try and regroup. Maryland at home, minus, minus a Baker's dozen, 13 at the Westgate Superbook, 51 and a half. Your total there with Brett Bielema's boys struggling mightily, trying to put points up on the board. Mike Loxley having a pretty decent year so far with the Terps. Sounds like you like Maryland, KT. No, I just uh, I like the job that he did, you know, that he's done so far this year. I didn't think he had it in him. I really didn't know how long he lasted yeah. at Maryland when he took the job. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, I'm going to go with Illinois. Just I think you're paying a little bit of premium to, to fade Illinois at this point because they haven't covered a point spread. So just uh, lean for me on the fighting line. All right, and then Duke, Mike Elko, and company. They are at home against NC State. Duke minus three forty-four. What's the update on Riley Leonard? Because I know he had that high ankle sprain. Yeah, he's not going to play with this point spread. Otherwise, I mean, it'd be north of a touchdown, to be honest with you, as far as Duke being favored. So uh, I'm going to play contrarian. Duke with the backup quarterback. I think they'll have a game plan coming off the bye. Uh, NC State's quarterback gave him a lot of wild plays. Uh, last week, MJ Morris would give the defense some wild plays, too, with three interceptions, including basically two pick sixes. So uh, Duke will be more buttoned up here. All right, we'll skip over the next two games. Game 135-136, Missouri at Kentucky. Brady Cook and company playing pretty well. Uh, Drinkwood's doing a nice job there in his fourth year, and uh, they were right there with LSU, and somehow, some way, LSU not only gets the win, they get the late cover on the pick six. Kentucky, Brad called it, said blowout city, and you had said Devin Leary, not the same guy, uh, after the injury last year for NC State, he transfers to Kentucky, but really struggling. And Ray Davis, as well as he ran on Florida, he got shut down big time last week. Kentucky will try and rebound. Mark Stoops saying, well, Georgia, NIL money. They bought some good players. <laughs> There's no doubt. Yeah. Uh, they've got some great players. little sour grapes there, but talk to me uh, with this one. Mizzou right now catching two and a half in Lexington, 51 the total. Lane, Kentucky, for me, uh, you know, Missouri gave an all-out effort, came up short. Sometimes in those games, uh, I'd rather get blown out than, than go all the way to the wire and know that if you changed a play or two, maybe we'd still be sitting here on B and I'm talking more Missouri in there. You know, if you bet Missouri last week, oof, that was a bad beat, one of the bad beats of the week, uh, to say the least. But uh, 
Kentucky for me. I just I, I trust the ground game for them to rebound. Indiana catching 32 and a half. It's actually dropped a little bit. 45 and a half your total in Ann Arbor. Talked about wind and rain coming into play, but J.J. McCarthy will lead the Wolverines, who are unbeaten and been very dominant in their last two wins against less than uh, mediocre competition out of the Big Ten. And Indiana is one of those teams that falls into the same you know, category, basically, as a Nebraska or a Minnesota. Tom Allen in his seventh year uh, had a good outing in the opener defensively against Ohio State, but only put up the three points. Your take here, it's a lot of points, and Indiana is coming off a bye. Does that mean anything, or does it, uh, is it too big of a mismatch that Michigan can basically, uh, if, as long as the weather's not too bad, should be able to dictate the score? Yeah, I'm going to take Indiana because of the weather. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm going to monitor it as we get closer to kickoff. But if it's really bad, I, I can't be laying this kind of number. So uh, Indiana can play, you know, reasonably well on the defense side of the ball. Uh, they've proven it in a few games this year. So yeah, I, I bet the under, and then I'll wait for the wet to get the weather clearance as far as uh, you know to get the go on Indiana. There you go. A little clearance, Clarence. We'll look for that. Wake Forest, Virginia yeah. Tech, Brent Pry at home coming off a uh, a nice win against Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, uh, well, actually, they went to Florida State and got drubbed. I'm sorry. They did have the win against Pitt. But uh, now Wake Forest coming into Blacksburg. Virginia Tech minus one and a half, 48-year total. Uh, what's your take on Virginia Tech, uh, a team that you had said – uh, the program has really fallen off the map as far as Blacksburg and Dave Clawson in his 10th year doesn't seem to have too much of a squad there at Wake Forest. I'm going to take Wake Forest. I actually watched the Clemson game and uh, Wake Forest was live in that game. Could have won the game outright. So uh, I saw a little bit more there in that performance than I did at Virginia Tech in any of their games this year. So I just trust Clawson uh, to get a bounce back win here. Uh, I'll take the one and a half. There you go. BP says take the one and a half. By the way, the last four Missouri games have gone over the total uh, as we drop that one in. Let's move on down and uh, uh, let's see. We got Florida and South Carolina. The Gamecocks coming off a bye. They're at home under Shane Beamer and uh, Billy Napier. Their guys, uh, they come off the win against Vanderbilt in a game in Nashville. Uh, no, no, a game at the Swamp. They were able to take care of business. Uh, your take on this one, Florida, is at South Carolina. Gamecocks minus two. I know Wells is going to miss the game there for the Gamecocks. Total is 50. Uh, what about Spencer Rattler and the guys? Can they cover a field goal? Uh, I'm not there yet. I, I didn't bet the game. Uh, initial, I saw some threes out there very early on Sunday. I almost took it with Florida, but I just, something told me not to, not to bet it. So, uh, Two's where my power rating is. Haven't bet it. It's a very important game for both second-year head coaches. I got to tell you, I'm the loser here. <laughs> the seat will get a little, little warmer. I'm not saying that they'll be on the the official hot seat, but uh, the, let's just say the alums won't be particularly pleased uh, on either end. There you go. We'll see what Graham Mertz has for the Florida Gators. Uh, Trevor Etienne on the ground with Montreal uh, Johnson Jr. As uh, those two guys trying to get a little offense there for Napier's. Uh, squad there and see if South Carolina off the bye can bounce back and get a W. Hour number one in the books. When we come back, we will pick it up with game 143-144, Michigan State at Rutgers. We'll keep on moving. We'll come back to 12 games as well. We'll keep you abreast of the weather in a lot of the venues. Again, it's going to be nasty on Saturday all throughout the Midwest and up there in that Michigan area. SportsX Radio, 101.5 FMK Dawn streaming live on the Odyssey app. Hour number one in the books. We'll be right back. Keep it right here. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, producer Mark Hope.
Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shade Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, hour number two, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. PSBR Law, the best in personal injury. Do not forget about Panache, Boyle, and Rabaputi. Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Thompson is there. Wednesday night, 1750 North Buffalo, one of three Steiner's pubs in the Vegas Valley. Update you on the uh, college football that's rolling on right now. SMU still 14-10. Nobody wants to score in the four, in the uh, third quarter. There's still four minutes left in the third, and Houston has added another touchdown, 725 to go in the four, 35-24. The uh, Cougs now leading West Virginia by 11. Keep an eye on that game. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, at Brad Powers 7. Follow him on Twitter. We're rolling through the college football. And uh, we left off with Michigan State Rutgers. We're going to cruise through. Remember, there's 12 games we're going to come back on. So if we jump over those games, you'll know why. We'll be back at it big time, and we'll try and uh, run down the weather. And we're going to give you uh, uh, maybe a prediction on uh, another interesting game coming up on Saturday. Uh, at the end of the show, so you'll want to hear that for sure. All right, Rutgers at home, minus 4.5 in Jersey, 39.5, and and this weather's going to come into play here, BP. What about Sparty? Uh, Boy, it's been a... Uh, just a ridiculous season for Michigan State with all the Mel Tucker uh, scenario going down, and uh, for Rutgers, you know, they come to play defensively. Once that, you know, at times shows some, uh, you know, promise, you know, running and, and, and throwing on the run. He's had a couple decent passes, but like you said, he's a guy that's uh, feast or famine. What about Rutgers at home, Shiano's boys against Michigan State? Can they cover the four and a half because the number's going towards Sparty? Uh, I'm going to lean Michigan State, uh, you know, off the bye. They showed at least some fight there prior to the bye against Iowa. Probably could have won the game outright. There's some late, you know, shenanigans at the end of the game that gave Iowa not only the win, but also the cover there. So, I think off the bye, I mean, it, this screams to me like 20-17, to 17, so I'll take anything over a field goal here. Yeah, there it is, uh, Michigan State off the bye. And then uh, producer Mark Hoke's team, I mean, it's a, a big-time game with UMass going into Happy Valley. I don't know how, how happy Don Brown's going to be when he leaves there, but James Franklin, he doesn't want to look ahead uh, too much. Of course, they've got the game in the horseshoe next week against Ohio State. Uh, tell me a little bit about this Penn State team and uh, how bad will they beat UMass? Their favorite 41-and-a-half, 54-and-a-half. Is that uh, where James Franklin just says, you know what, let's just kind of cruise through this one and maybe UMass covers? No, because James Franklin has shown a propensity to know the point spread uh, over time. So I, I'm not, uh, you know, there saying, oh, you know, flat spot for Penn State. They're already off a buy, double buy prior, pretty much like a, prior to the Buckeye game. So uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, I Massachusetts defense is horrific. KT, I, how do they stop Penn State's ground attack? I mean, they couldn't stop Toledo last week, even though they got a cover. I just don't see it here. So. Uh, Maybe it's surprised we're looking at like something like forty nine to seven. Forty nine seven in the rain at Happy Valley because it's one hundred percent chance of rain right now. Last I looked, eleven mile 
per hour winds as far as predict it right now. So not gusting too bad there in Happy Valley. Move on down. Troy and Army. John Summerall in his second year with the Trojans. We know this defense is pretty good, Brad Powers, because I had that under last week, and that came in big time against Arkansas State. That was one I got you on, but uh, you had told me how good Troy's D was earlier in the year, and they just uh, shut teams down. But going against the option on the road is going to be interesting. Five and a half, Troy the favorite. 42 and a half against Jeff Monken and the Black Knights. Bryson Daly, pretty good quarterback for Army, but doesn't have a lot of help. Where are you on this one? Uh, Troy in the under. Troy faced Army last year, uh, so they have experience facing the option. And by the way, that game was ten to nine last year. Uh, this one's going to have significant rain, uh, so Troy and under for me. All right, uh, next game. I know you and I uh, agreed on this. Is one you know you had uh, said LSU a couple weeks back. Uh, I know we were both on LSU big out of the gate, and, and it turned out really well. I think. You know, similar here. I just like Cincinnati's defense, and I get it. Iowa State is playing better than I thought they would. Uh, you know, I don't know how how good this team is, but you know, they're playing with some heart right now. I I just think Cincinnati's going to win this game by double digits. This was the one that jumped out to me right away. It opened a little lower. It's minus five now, forty three and a half. Is there still value there on Scott Satterfield's? Bearcats, because I like their physicality, and I think they're going to shut down Iowa State's offense and get after the quarterback. Yeah, I, I still would lay it here with Cincinnati off a bye. Uh, you know, statistically, should be much better than a two and three team. Just the red zone inefficiencies have gotten to them. So that's one of the reasons why I'm glad that they had a bye. You got a first year coach, a bunch of transfers. Maybe they can clean some of that uh, stuff up. But yeah, I, man, statistically speaking, they were better than BYU. Yep. Uh, should have probably won the Miami Ohio game and really played Oklahoma tough rewatching that game uh, in preparation for my OU uh, Texas podcast that I did. Uh, I watched OU Cincinnati, and I was like, "Ooh, Cincinnati's pretty good." So, yeah, I just I like the spot here. Now, Iowa State off a couple of you know good wins for them, probably feeling fat and happy. I think Cincinnati controls this one easily, double digit yeah, win. I agree with you. And, and the game against BYU, I mean, a couple things really fell right for Keaton Slovis at the end of the half. I mean, yeah. a couple different things because they they couldn't get out of their own way. They had like no yards in the first quarter. I mean, literally looked like it was going to be a blowout. And then Cincinnati settled for several field goals on on fourth and short. They had a, a fourth and two. They kicked the field goal. I mean, they were just you know playing to try and stay right within a score. And I was like, gosh, I'm glad they're not going for it because I had BYU and I. I end up, you know, getting the money there, but yeah, it'll be uh, interesting. This team, I like it. I think they've got a lot of physicality, and I, yeah, we're on the same side here. Cincinnati's minus five, and I agree. Up until six and a half, I think I'd still lay it with the Bearcats. Uh, Navy and Charlotte. Brian Newberry, of course, his first year there with the Midshipmen, and uh, Biff Pogey, right? Biff Pogey there for uh, Charlotte. Yeah, Pogey, I re- yep. yeah, there you go. I remember getting uh, corrected earlier. Uh, this season by Mr. Power, so trying to take some notes in the in the dome here. Uh, Navy minus three forty two and a half. I had Navy last week, and they were covering against North Texas, but the Mean Green got that last score, so they did not cover. Uh, your take on this one, Navy minus three forty two and a half. I'm not. I wasn't going to touch it. I can't. I can't lay points with Navy anymore. Is there any value on Charlotte? I lean Charlotte. Remember, they they got to buy to prep for the option, uh, so I, I think that's key. Uh, and, and I also like their defensive line. I thought they won the line of scrimmage against Florida. I watched the Charlotte-Florida game, believe it or not, and they they controlled matters up front. So they got a bunch of transfers, a guy from Michigan, 350-pounder in the middle. So I like Charlotte here. 
South Florida at home, minus 2.5-61. Goalish first year. Tom Herman first year with FAU. I like this kid, Brown, uh, the quarterback. Of course, Bohannon went out early, but Byron Brown. Uh, and I think USF is, has got you know some offensive prowess. What's your take here? Do, do you look to take the home team here, or uh, you staying away from this one, or you like FAU? I like the over a lot. My favorite total on the board. Uh, it moved a little bit uh, today. I might have had something to do with that. But uh, here's what, where I'm thinking some, there's some value. Number one, both teams are in the top 15 in the country in terms of tempo. I love teams that run tempo when I'm betting overs because it's constantly play, 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 possession, possession, possession. Florida Atlantic scoring doesn't look like they're a high-scoring team. Well, I mean, you're not going to be a high-scoring team when you're playing Illinois, Ohio, Clemson's defense. And then last week you're playing in a monsoon against Tulsa in the second half. So I think that creates some value. And then, you know, South Florida played Alabama's defense a few weeks ago, uh, so you're not going to get too many points there. But since they hit conference play, a 44-30 game against Navy, 56-35 against uh, UAB last week, I think you get something similar this week. This one flies over the total. There you go. I like it. Marshall, Georgia State, Sean Elliott, seventh year there for the Panthers. Charles Huff, third year for Marshall's Thundering Herd. And a Marshall team that comes to play every single week, no doubt. Georgia State, minus one, 54 the total. Opened as a pick I don't know if I want to lay points with Georgia State. They're not a they're not a bad team, but Marshall's like one of those blue-collar lunch pal teams that, you know, just sticks around even on the road. Yeah, not the, my power rings like Marshall and I bet Marshall, but it's not the greatest spot. I mean, they give a hell of an effort against NC State. They've already played a couple of ACC teams, so I'm wondering how much they got left in the tank and Georgia State's fresh off a bye. So not the best spot, but my power rings say Marshall's a better team. All right, both teams off a bye as far as Georgia Southern, James Madison, James Madison at home, up to a six-point favorite, 58-and-a-half. Clay Helton's got Georgia Southern playing some good ball, and they made us some good money a couple weeks ago, BP, uh, before the bye. Your take on this one, can uh, Georgia Southern hang in there? Why is this line rising? Is there an injury that I'm missing? No, James Madison's the right side, in my opinion. Uh, I'll tell you what, keep an eye on that James Madison front four. Just them four guys, their four starters up front already have 17 and a half sacks this year. Uh, They're a pretty dominant unit. I circled them in one of the games I watched. I was like, ooh, this defensive line's legit. Uh, I just think they're a better defensive team. I like them here. This guy, Kurt Signetti, the transition to uh, FBS from FCS, uh, James Madison's made it rather uh, seamlessly. They have. It's a, uh, an absolute shame that they're not bowl eligible uh, this year for the second straight year. They, they have arguably been the best team in the Sun Belt the last two years, and that's it's a really good Sun Belt conference. Yeah, I don't like that. I think if you're paying the money, you know, maybe – Maybe a year, maybe two at the most, but you know, after that, you, you got to kind of open the door, and we've seen that happen on the hardwood as well with uh, some of the mid-major conferences. Toledo, Ball State, Ball State at home, catching seventeen big ones, forty-seven year total. Mike New uh, at the helm there for the Cardinals in his eighth year, and Jason Candle likewise eighth year there for the Rockets after replacing Campbell. Your take on this one with Ball State catching seventeen, forty-seven the total. Ball State for me, maybe some weather, lower total. Toledo's winning games, they're not covering. They didn't cover against San Jose State, Western Michigan, uh, Northern Illinois, last week against Massachusetts. They're not covering these numbers. They're not going to cover on Saturday. Ball State, maybe a VIP pick, uh, sneaky one late, late in the week. All right, we'll keep an eye on it. You want to get it before it goes under 17. Uh, do you think it goes, because I know it opened uh, a little less than that, uh, do you think it goes back down under 17, Brad? Hey, if I release it, it will. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's right. We, well, we're releasing it right now on SportsX Radio. And those yeah, folks said, no, I, 
There's a lot of anti-Ball State sentiment. I got to dive through and watch a couple games and see what's going on. But also, you know, weather dependent for me. I, it's going to be bad weather. I'm just going to. I don't. I don't need anything other than that. I mean, I just if you're going to get suppressed scoring, I'm not laying points. I'm taking points, uh, especially a big, uh, big number like this. I agree. Right now, 11 mile per hour wind, 74% chance of rain in that game from Ball State. Bowling Green, Brad's alma mater at Buffalo. Right now, the Bulls minus four and a half, 43 and a half weather coming into play in this one as well. Wind and rain, 13 mile an hour winds, uh, 65% chance of rain right now uh, for Saturday's game at Buffalo. And the Bulls minus four and a half, 43 and a half. And your guys under Scott Leffler, they cover games. Uh, Maurice Lindquist in his third year after Leopold bolted for Lawrence. What's your take on this one, BP? Yeah, believe it or not, I like my alma mater here. Uh, I think they're live to win the game outright. Statistically, better team as far as yards per play margin, yards per game margin. They played a much tougher schedule. Uh, they're kind of a high-variance Jekyll and high team. They had a horrific performance last week off a really good one the week prior to that being Georgia Tech. But uh, I think they're refocused here. I think Buffalo is overrated. Phony final last week against Central Michigan where they're plus four in turnovers, including two pick sixes. And then a couple weeks prior to that uh, – Against Louisiana, they scored two touchdowns in the last four minutes to get a cover there. Oof, I had Louisiana in that game, so I don't forget stuff like that. But uh, I, I like BG here, plus the points and then a little bit on the money line. McIlwain, Wayne, Central Michigan, Chippewas at home, minus 11, 43 the total against Akron. Was it Bullock or Undercuffler that went last week for the Zips? Uh, Bullock went. Uh, bad performance, uh, to say the least. Uh, I'll take Akron, though. I think overreaction to one bad game. Uh, bad weather game, suppressed scoring. I'm not laying double digits. I'd rather take double digits. There you go. Miami of Ohio, they are laying eight and a half there at Western Michigan. Chuck Martin already in his 10th year for Miami of Ohio. Lance Taylor, his first year there for the Broncos of Western Mish. What about it? Broncos at home catching points, 44 and a half. Who do you like in this one? Another Mac underdog here, Western Michigan for me. Uh, with I do worry about the energy level Western Michigan off of good effort against Mississippi State. They've already played Toledo. They played Iowa. They played Syracuse. It's, I mean, it's been a tough gauntlet here for them, but uh, they, they're better than what I thought they'd be this year. So give me Western Michigan, even though I think Miami Ohio is, you know, obviously one of the top three teams in the MAC. All right, Coach Hammock has his Northern Illinois Huskies. Uh, they are going to be taking on Ohio. They're at home in DeKalb. It's a good, solid Ohio team under Tim Alban in his third year and has really got a good squad. We knew Curtis Work is the real deal as far as quarterback. He got banged up, missed a, a game and a half, and uh, they that defense pretty solid as well. And you talked about it, Ohio, you the Bobcats, a six-point favorite, 44 the total against Northern Illinois. Yeah, money coming in. It's even down to five and a half in some spots here. Uh Surprising, Ohio's been really good this year, uh, but maybe the light bulbs come on for Northern Illinois here. Not only you know last week a blowout win, but uh, I thought I, I saw some signs even uh, against uh, you know Toledo the week before where they gave Toledo everything they had uh, in a two point loss. So uh, I understand it. I'm going to go under though with the weather. All right, Utah off the bye taking on Cal, who comes off putting up 40 on Oregon State, but gave up 52 and five touchdown passes to DJ. And the boys, uh, what's your take on this one with Utah off the bye? Hopefully they can, uh, you know, they were able to nurse some injuries because that team offensively has really been in disarray. Uh, the Cam Rising situation, what's the update there? Is this where maybe it's gone too far to where maybe they just say, hey, maybe redshirt them and bring them back next year? Yeah, I mean, if I had to guess now, it's 50, not for this game, 50-50 if he even plays this year. I'm not sure that he even plays, so. Uh, and I kind of heard whispers of that a couple weeks ago. So, uh, 
yeah, I, you know, with him not coming back, I can't lay double digits with Utah. And I'm here to tell you, this uh, uh, Mendoza kid uh, for Cal last week was pretty impressive. I mean, Oregon State had to convert a bunch of fourth downs and third downs to to keep it, you know, ahead of the the number last week there. I thought Cal played really well. So that continues here. They'll cover the number. There you go. Fernando Mendoza was listed as fourth on the depth chart to start the season for Justin Wilcox, now in his seventh year there for the Golden Bears. Brad says he'll look at Cal, plus the 10.5-44, the total. San Jose State at New Mexico. And uh, I really thought the San Jose State team was going to be better. I guess I based it off uh, their initial performance against Southern Cal when they had the offense moving in a losing effort. I like Cordero. There's no question. Danny Gonzalez in New Mexico uh, at home in Albuquerque, catching seven and a half now at the Westgate Superbook. But there's still some sevens out there. I'm actually seeing an eight that's popped up at Caesars, 56 and a half your total. What about at San Jose State at New Mexico? Yeah, if it comes down to seven, and I've seen a, a few of them flash in the market, I'm going to lay it with San Jose State. I mean, they've just played a ridiculously tough schedule. I mean, their five losses are against Boise State, uh, Toledo, uh, Sandy, uh, Air Force, uh, and then Oregon State uh, and USC. I mean, those are five legit losses against really good teams. So uh, I'll lay it here and also play over. All right, good stuff. So if if you can, folks, you you want to find a seven. There's still a couple sevens, but seven and a halfs and up oh, to it's eight. Coming down, it's it's coming down. So no no rush. Uh, okay, a lot of money coming out of New Mexico. All right, there you go. So San Jose State BP. You going to give that one out, BP? You think? Nah, probably not. Okay, so not a not a not a full unit or half unit, but still one that you'll uh, you'll invest at least some uh, pizza money. And trust me, Brad gets uh, yeah. high priced pizzas big time over at Pizza Rock, uh, Colorado State and Boise State. Rams at home plus seven and a half. Jay Norvell in his second year there. Andy Avalos with Boise State uh, laying better than a touchdown on the road. Total sixty one from Fort Collins. Yeah, I'm just going to go with the over here. Uh, my power ranks say Boise State's a play, but might be a, a tough spot. Uh, you know, Colorado State, after getting embarrassed last week, maybe they'll get a better effort. But I like, I, you know, Boise State, just last week's slow start was, you know, three turnovers. They got, got them behind. And then after that, I thought they really controlled matters against San Jose State. I like their little two-quarterback system that they're using. Uh, so, uh, lean Boise State and the over. All right, we're going to skip over the next three games. When we come back, we'll pick it up with game 191-192, Arizona at Washington State. And Arizona, my goodness, they should have came away with a W against Southern Cal, but somehow, some way, they lost that game in triple overtime. Jed Fish really had the uh, cats up for that one, and Brad talked about it. He said, hey, SC better watch out. There are things called trap games, and that was one for sure. And uh, Southern Cal nearly lost uh, that undefeated record uh, when – they took on the Arizona Wildcats last week at home at the Coliseum. So we'll pick it up with that game. We'll cruise on through, and then we'll backtrack. And we've got 12 games that we will highlight. A&M in Tennessee, Syracuse, Florida State, Louisville, Pitt, Miami at North Carolina, Ohio State at Purdue, Wyoming, Air Force, UNLV, Nevada. That's one that's near and dear to our hearts here in the uh, Silver State. Oregon, Washington, UCLA, Oregon State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Arkansas, Alabama, and we'll end with USC in South Bend against Notre Dame. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM K Dawn streaming live on the Odyssey app. It is Ken Thompson. It is Brad Powers. Follow him at Brad Power 7 at Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio at Mark Hoke Show. You follow my producer, the best in professional wrestling, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. He does an outstanding job on the Mark Hoke Show. Miss any part of that show or this show, if you download the Odyssey app, you go right to the Rewind feature and listen back. We are live from Vegas, PSBR Law Studios. We'll be right back. You are listening to SportsX Radio. 
Jefferson Airplane, Gracie Slick back in the day. Mark Oak really going into the archives there. Great voice, very recognizable. SportsX Radio on a throwback Thursday. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies getting close, looking to uh, take care of business and advance to play the Arizona Diamondbacks. Boy, I'll tell you what, you figure out that one uh, when you start looking at the division, say, the beginning of September, and you see the Dodgers on a roll and the Braves can't get beat. And Milwaukee starts playing good ball. And lo and behold, could be those fighting Phils that got there last year to the series. And uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, my goodness, taking two in a row from Milwaukee, three in a row from the Dodgers. Who'd have thunk it? But the D-backs awaiting the winner. And right now, that winner looks to be those uh, Philadelphia Phillies as they lead it 3-1. to one. They bat in the bottom of the seventh. Ranger Suarez uh, pitched good to start the game. Spencer Strider gave up three home runs, two to Castellanos and one to Trey Turner. They got the solo shot themselves. Uh, but that's it. That's uh, that's from Riley. And other than that, Atlanta's bats have been rather silent. So we'll see. They've got two innings left to try and come back in that one. Otherwise, the Braves, great season, regular season. Doesn't mean a hill of beans all looks good in the uh, standings. But when you get to the postseason, you got to perform. And we saw Mark's Orioles have trouble hitting the ball. Uh, lost that tough first game. And they end up going down in three in a row. And, uh, you know, the Dodgers, three in a row to Arizona. Who'd have thunk that? They're pitching all banged up. But we'll see what happens with Philly and Atlanta. SMU 17-10 now fourth quarter. Two minutes in there leading East Carolina. And Houston 35-32. Wild one down to the final minute there against West Virginia. At home, 16 nothing Chiefs over the Broncos, a snooze fest. Sean Payton, all that stuff he said about Nathaniel Hackett, I think he's getting humbled himself as we look right now. Russell Wilson, 9 of 15 for 57 yards and two interceptions. They have 102 on the ground and 57, yeah, 159 total yards there for the Denver Broncos. Uh, Mahomes, not a great game, 230, one touchdown, one interception. Pacheco uh, had 12 carries for 57 for a while, so wondering if uh, if he got banged up or something because he hasn't increased on the yardage or attempts. So uh, we'll see. But 16 nothing Chiefs lead it, 13-28 to go in the fourth quarter. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers picking it up with the uh, Arizona-Washington State game. And my goodness, the, uh, the Wildcats. Well, I'll tell you what, th- this team trending in the right direction. And Fafita, pretty solid, like you said, uh, with Delora out, came to play big time and, uh, you know, Again, USC couldn't be more fortunate to come away with the victory. Brad, if you were in that situation, when Arizona... Go for and, two. Yes, how could they not go for two? I'm just like, uh, you know what? You lose, you lose by a point. But, you know, at the end of the day, you put the pressure on Southern Cal. When they answered the SC touchdown in OT, I was just like, you got to go for two. And they didn't. And uh, eventually SC ended up winning on that safety and then a stop. But, uh, yeah, I was rather surprised that Fish didn't go for that. Uh, talk to me a little bit about Arizona now because they're taking on a Washington State team that really struggled offensively, but UCLA we knew the defense was good, we just didn't know how good because we saw them shut down Utah, but we knew Utah's def- uh, offense is rather inept this year, so uh, this should be a good one uh, Arizona and Washington State. I like the Cougs at home in Pullman, they're minus eight, fifty-seven and a half. but I don't like them in this game, I mean I like the way they play up there in the Palouse. Uh, but they really struggled against the boys from Pasadena last week. Washington State minus 857 and a half. 
I don't know if I can lay that. Uh, if Arizona can get right psychologically, they move the ball rather easily on USC. Where are you on this one? Yeah, I haven't bet the side. Uh, I think Arizona's the right side. Like you mentioned, if they're right psychologically, just, I mean, they've given all out efforts the last two weeks against two really good teams. I just think, you know, how many times can you continue to do that? Uh, under for me, under should be perfect in Arizona games. Uh, Would have easily cashed in regulation last week against USC, but went to overtime and went over, so going under for me. All right. Uh, UAB and UTSA, a UAB team under Trent Dilfer, we know they score points. Uh, UTSA, you know, they scored a ton of them last year when Frank Harris was, health, was healthy all year long. Uh, minus nine UTSA at home in San Antonio against the Blazers of UAB, 67 and a half your total. Lean UTSA. I mean, just because their metrics don't look that good, but obviously they were missing Frank Harris for a while. And in fact, they, even a couple of games that he played, uh, he was banged up. Last week came back, they had 45 plus points on the board. So uh, UTSA for me. G.J. Kinney's Texas State Bobcats back at home, minus 16 against UL Monroe and Terry Bowden. What about T.J. Finley having a nice year there for Texas State at quarterback? Yeah, I mean, they've been a really good team, but they're just too inconsistent. I mean, one quarter they look like the best team in the Sun Bowl, the next, you know, they look like a very average team. So I can't lay 16 and a half here, so total pass for me. All right, BYU at TCU, and TCU losing their quarterback. So Josh Hoover had to step in. Uh, didn't do a bad job, but he threw a couple picks. Bailey on the ground was outstanding at 152 against Iowa State last week. Uh, Slovis will try and lead the Cougs, see if they can stay in this game and take advantage of a TCU team that's struggling uh, both you know, with injuries and also uh, defensively. Sonny Dykes in his second year had that dream season last year. Of course, it ended the uh, the worst possible way, getting drubbed by Georgia like they did. Kalani Sataki already in his eighth year, uh, you know, doing a decent job there with BYU. TCU minus six fifty two and a half. Brad, I'll tell you what, unbelievable. Ten seconds left. Uh, West Virginia just hit a fifty yard touchdown. Uh, that was incredible. Sorry, I just uh, what okay. an incredible play that was. So you made some money. Uh, you made some money, is what you're telling me. Well, I mean, yeah, a few thousand swung there, to say the least. Uh, that's why I got excited. Uh, cannot bet TCU. I mean, this is a team that's been favored by at least six and a half points in every one of their games so far this season, and they're three and three. Sonny Dyke's doing a horrific job this year. Now the backup quarterback taking on a BYU team, fresh off a bye, lean BYU. All right, leaning BYU, Auburn, LSU. Brian Kelly and the guys, we talked about it, not only get the win, but the cover on the late pick six. Last week at Missouri, Auburn, Hugh Freeze in his first year. Uh, they come off the bye, and uh, they're going down to the bayou. They did, didn't play a bad game against Georgia. They uh, really played a nice oh, game. A really good one. Yeah, now can they ride some momentum uh, coming off the bye? Peyton Thorne, his best game as an Auburn Tiger. Your take on this one, Auburn catching 10.5 from the Bayou Bengals at the Westgate Superbook, 61-year total. Yeah, uh, going to go with Auburn. Again, uh, kind of a uh, you know, theme here, taking the team off a bye against a team in LSU. It's played week after week after week, games going down to the wire. I just wonder what the energy level is. So I think Auburn kind of muddies it up a little bit. Let the total tell you what's happening. You know, believe it or not, even though LSU's all six games have gone under the, over, over the total by 17 points per game, we've seen under money this week on an LSU game. That tells me that Auburn's the right side. All right, then we've got Temple. Uh, the Owls, they are going to be, hold on, uh, right there at North Texas in Denton. Uh, North Texas minus six off over the loss uh, to Navy, only lost it by a field goal. They were down 10, but they scored 
and uh, lost the game by three. 68.5 is your total. Stan Drayton in his second year there with the Owls, and Eric Morris, his first year there with the Mean Green. Who do you like in this one, BP? I like Temple. Uh, Tony final last week against UTSA should have covered there. I mean, Temple hasn't been covering point spreads, but I just trust them a little bit more. North Texas defense is arguably the worst in the country. All right, Georgia off the route. Carson Beck, his best game as a Bulldog. Brock Bowers, his usual consistency, no doubt. Very, very solid. And the defense doing their job, just shutting down Kentucky big time, really clamped down on that run game. Now the dogs, they go to Vanderbilt. They'll be in Nashville, minus 31 and a half, 56 the total. Clark Lee in his third year there just wants his Commodores to hang in there and uh, get the Nashville faithful excited. But there'll probably be a ton of Georgia faithful in the stands. Good point. Can't give uh, full home field here. In fact, zero home field here because Georgia will literally have twice as many fans as Vanderbilt. Uh, Georgia for me, I think they woke up a little bit. Vanderbilt has not covered a point spread all year. Wow. Yeah, the Commodore's struggling there big time. All right, uh, move on down. Kansas. Jayhawks probably without Jalen Daniels again, so Jason Bean will step in. Uh, you know, Leopold's guys come to play, there's no question, but they're going to be at Oklahoma State. And Mike Gundy, this guy continues to find ways to win games. They came up big last week on the Friday night game. Uh, can they make it two in a row over the teams from Kansas? A home game against Kansas after beating Kansas State. What about it? Yeah, I do lean Oklahoma State here. Uh, Kansas with the backup quarterback for another week here. Uh, Oklahoma State, something happened o- over the bye. Cause, uh, and that's just Gundy being a pretty damn good coach. Figure some things out offensively, fix some things. I like Oklahoma State here. Yeah, Bowman played a good game last week and uh, really engineered a nice offensive effort by the Pokes. And they've scored more points than we thought they were after uh, you know beginning of the year. Their totals were getting so low, and you didn't know if they were going to be able to score. But they've turned it around, like you said, under Gundy, who does a good job pretty much every year. Speaking of K-State, they'll be in Lubbock against Texas Tech. Texas Tech, the Red Raiders, minus 1.5, 56.5. Your total, Chris Kleiman will try and get the Wildcats back on track against the uh, Joey McGuire-led Texas Tech Red Raiders. Were you on this one? Again, right now the line has Kansas State catching a point and a half in Lubbock, 56 and a half your total. I like Kansas State in a bounce back here, but I'm not in a hurry to bet it because Texas, I'm just, there's, you know, when Circus hanging the only two in the market and they're taking the biggest limits, that tells me that I think that this line's going to go up. So uh, let's go ahead and wait for this one, but I'm going to be on Kansas State when it's all said and done. All right, and then Brady Hoke in San Diego State. Oh, they're- my God. Houston hit a Hail Mary touchdown pass. Off a deflection to win the game. Did you have money? Did you have money line? Or no, you, no, you were just a horrific situation here. I can't. West Virginia is so stupid defensively, batting it up in the air. I mean, that's this is the game of the year so far in college football. Wow, forty-one thirty-nine BP. My gosh, man! I'm glad you're not. Uh, I'm it glad, takes me one of them I'm, years. I'm just glad, saying. I'm glad you're not like KT that you're able to show enough composure and not. Uh, lose it with uh, lose it with uh, expletives across the uh, the mi- microphone. But if it was, uh, boy, I, I, I'm sorry, man. I know that's a tough one. That you just literally come back at a miracle, look like a miracle win, and then you lose it there on the last play. Just crazy. That is what it is. It's just nah, whatever. That's 2023 for me. Unreal. That's uh, the, 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 those are those are tough to swallow, no question. Hawaii and San Diego State, <laughs> folks. So there you go. I mean, just when you think you have something, you never know in the world of sports betting. So that's why we always tell you: know your bankroll, bet with your head, not over it. 
Trust me, I made that mistake many, many times betting over my head and paid the piper for it. And uh, Brad Powers, although he may lose some bets like that, he's got his bankroll laid out. And a lot of sharp bettors, Bill Krakenberger, Steve Fezzik, uh, Chuck Edel, a lot of smart guys, they have their bankroll and they take care of it for the most part. Uh, San Diego State and at Hawaii, Aztecs minus 652.5. Brady Hoke and the guys, uh, they're also coming off a bye, as is Hawaii, so no advantage there. Timmy Chang in his second year going to try and have the Rainbow Warriors ready. San Diego State, what about that team? That offense is tough to watch sometimes. Yeah, but why is it tough to watch? I mean, because, I mean, look who they played. They, they, they played uh, some legitimate opponents. UCLA's defense, we found out it's really good. They played Oregon State. They played Ohio. Ohio's got a really good defense. Uh, they played Boise State. They played Air Force. I mean, Hawaii's uh, arguably their worst team that they've played since the FCS opponent uh, in Week 2. So I think they're taking a major step down in class. I don't like what I've seen from Hawaii here recently. Uh, New Mexico State game, they were outplayed. I bet Hawaii in that game. Got fortunate to get a cover. Wasn't impressed. And then UNLV embarrassed them here uh, in their last game. So San Diego State, for me, I like it quite a bit. All right, so we've got about 14 minutes to get into the 12 games. We'll get a couple in here, A&M. And Tennessee from Knoxville, Tennessee coming off the bye, A&M coming off the very tough loss at home to Alabama in a game that their defense flexed their muscles. They had six sacks and eight tackles for loss. They gave up five sacks themselves. Uh, Cooper was unbelievable. Uh, 11 tackles, three sacks, three tackles for loss. Uh, Diggs had two more sacks himself. A very, very solid effort defensively. But Max Johnson, he did hit his brother, tight end Jake Johnson, for a touchdown. But it wasn't the game winner like KT was hoping. Tennessee off the bye with Joe Milton the third. What about it? Tennessee minus 356. Did you go with the Vols? I did go with the Vols here. Just like the, you know, the, 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 this uh, fits the theme for this week. Team off a bye. Texas A&M playing a seven straight week. Off multiple SEC games. Off a physical game against Alabama. Tennessee's a tough team to, to go up against because they're unique offense. I like Tennessee's uh, ability to get some pass rush here, Tennessee for me. Florida State minus 17.5 in Tallahassee, 55, and Syracuse running out of gas against Clemson at home and got pummeled by North Carolina last week. Can Schrader get it together well, with that offense that was pretty much non-existent against Carolina and Jordan Travis and Florida State? They need to uh, keep things rolling and keep that goose egg up there if uh, Mike Norvell wants to get them into the playoff, at least into that ACC championship game. Do you lay the 17-and-a-half, 55-year total? That's the only way I could go. I think you hit the nail on the head with the running out of gas at Syracuse. I mean, Dino said it. We're depth shy. We got nothing left. Uh, yeah, I, know, I think Florida State crushes them. All right, we do have time to duck one more in. And that team, Louisville, that took out the Domers last week, game 145-146, they're minus 7.5 now at the Superbook, 45 the total against Pitt. And Pitt coming in off the bye. Pat Narduzzi, his team has struggled mightily, there's no question, but they're in that situation that they might be able to spring an upset on Louisville. Brad mentioned that a little bit earlier. Plummer last week uh, didn't throw for a lot, 145 and a touchdown. They got 143 and two touchdowns on the ground from Jordan. Uh, Thrash, pretty good receiver, but the defense really did the work for the Cardinals. They had five sacks and eight tackles for loss against Notre Dame and held the Irish to 28 carries for 44 yards, 1.6 yards per carry. Again, Jerkovic hasn't been the answer offensively for Pitt. His team has struggled. But Hammond and Flemeister, uh, not bad in the backfield. They'll look there, and the tight end Bartholomew is actually the leading receiver uh, there for the Panthers. But this is the spot, right? It's not just the team. It's the spot. Louisville minus 7.5, 45. Is there still value because that line has come down, Brad? Uh, yeah, anything above touchdown, Pittsburgh's a play because of the spot. 
best spot probably on the board here. Uh, I just don't, I still don't trust Louisville. Pit off that bye. Pit changing quarterbacks, benching Cherkovic would be a positive as far as I'm concerned. So uh, Pit for me and just Narduzzi's history, this type of game he wins. All right, that'll do it for this segment. We'll come back with our final segment, and we'll get to those last several games, including a team coming off the biggest blunder. Well, it's actually the second time the head coach has made that blunder, one time at Oregon, now one time at Miami of Florida. Can they bounce back against North Carolina? We'll pick it up there. Game 153-154, SportsX Radio, Ken Thompson with Brad Powers, live from Vegas, 101.5 FM, Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. We'll be right back, wrap things up. Back to wrap things up on a throwback Thursday. KT, Brad Powers, Mark Hoke's been in the hits. Mark Hoke's show Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling. We are giving you the best in college football as quickly as we can. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights underway early, no score. Minnesota 2-0 lead Florida late third period inside the final minute in Dallas-St. Louis. They're in overtime, 1-1. They're going to go to a shootout. Nashville shut out Seattle 3-0, 4-3 Jersey. Slip past Detroit Rangers 5-1 at Buffalo. They win in Philly, doubled up on Columbus 4-2 in the NHL. 3-1 top eight, Philly leading Atlanta. Philly's trying to close out the Braves. And uh, college football, 24-10 now, SMU leading East Carolina, seven minutes to go fourth quarter. Houston Miracle win 41-39, and Chiefs 16-0, fourth quarter, 6-20 to go in the fourth over the Denver Broncos. What a hapless game that is on Thursday night football. Jumping back into the college football, we get with the Miami Hurricanes off a, an incredible loss, could have kneeled on the football, did not elect to do so, end up losing to Georgia Tech in the waning seconds, and... Uh, They'll take on North Carolina now, a team that came off a bye and really ripped Syracuse last week. Uh, Brad, what about this one? Syracuse, uh, not much match there for North Carolina. What about Miami? I know Mark Lawrence, he lives in that area. He thinks the Canes are going to come back and win the game. They're plus three, 57 the total from Chapel Hill. Yeah, I have more doubts uh, than that. I, I don't know. I mean, who is Miami really? I mean, they had the good performance contained them, but. I mean, Little Sisters of the Poor on the other games, and that even includes last week against Georgia Tech, a Georgia Tech team that just lost to BG the week before. So, I mean, not only uh, the concerns me is not kneeling it down, it's not like they fumbled a football at their own 10. I mean, Georgia Tech still had to go 75 yards, and they still allowed it. So, I don't know how you recover from something like that. Give me North Carolina. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Meanwhile, Purdue at home, West Lafayette, uh, rain come into the play, I'm sure, in that one as well. 19 and, 19 and a half is the line right now. The Buckeyes favor 19 and a half, 52 the total. Ryan Walter's first year there with Purdue. What about it, man? Can uh, uh, Hudson Card keep him in the game? Lean Purdue, but I haven't bet it yet. All right. Uh, next game on the docket, we've got uh, trying to see. Yeah, there we go. I've got Wyoming. And Air Force, and I've got Air Force at home, minus 11, 41 and a half. Troy Calhoun, his teams just win. Uh, Air Force off the bye, that's key, because Andrew Peasley in Wyoming found a way to get a nice lead last week against Fresno State and hold on. They didn't score in the second half at home. Their defense played pretty well. What's your take on this one? The Force coming off the bye, you going to lay the points? Yeah, laying the points with Air Force, although I have no luck with any Wyoming games this year. Both teams coming off a bye here in the Silver State. UNLV minus eight and a half. It's come down fifty-two and a half against winless Nevada. And sometimes you just got to throw those records out the window. Barry Odom in his first year, though, really as UNLV playing good, solid ball. I was at the last game in the route against Hawaii. 
Maeva, um, I don't know if he quarterback because Broomfield might be back. Uh, uh, wait and no, see. What... They've, they've announced Maeva as a starter. Okay, there it is. That's big. Going and... forward. Okay, that's huge. Okay, Jaden Thomas and Vincent Davis doing a nice job on the ground. And Lester and Reese doing a pretty good job as well. And then White and DeJesus give him some offense. Uh, Brendan Lewis will start there for Nevada. He's elusive at times, but what about it? Do you lay more than a touchdown or take the points or stay away? Uh, I went over. Uh, I needed 10 on Nevada to get involved on the Wolfpack. But, I mean, hell, UNLV's covered every day. Very important when you're a first-year coach in UNLV to cover every point spread. That's what they've done so far, Barry Odom. Yeah, no doubt. Meanwhile, game of the week, I mean, Oregon and Washington should be a great one from Washington. We know rain will come into the play, but both these teams used to uh, practicing in the rain, playing in the rain uh, up in the great Northwest. Washington now minus three and a half, 67 the total. Uh, Bo Nix, of course, uh, leading the Ducks. Both teams are off by, so no advantage there. Solid running game with Irving, James, and Whittington there for the Ducks. Franklin, Bryant Jr., uh, Johnson holding plenty of receivers, and Michael Penix Jr., well, he gets McMillan back. That's cool because Adunze and Polk are doing their job. What about it? Does Washington outscore him? I like Washington to win this game. What's your take here? I do. I got the better head coach, the better quarterback. I'm at home. Uh, I like Washington. I can't recommend shop. There's still some threes out there. Uh, but I, I can't say lay three and a half. Uh, find a three out there. Yeah, there are plenty of threes out there, but at the Superbook right now, Washington got some money, so they are minus three and a half, 67, your total. UCLA at Oregon State, Oregon State with that 52-point effort at Cal, but Brad said, hey, you give up 42, you got to be leery. Uh, UCLA found a way to win, but their defense flexing their muscles. I think Oregon State may have some trouble running that football. We'll see if Martinez and Fenwick can get going against a good, solid UCLA defense. We saw them shut down Utah's running game for the most part in Salt Lake. Murphy and Moasu leading the way there. Uh, they held Wazoo to 19 rushes for 12 yards. Are you kidding me? Uh, Carson Steele, he'll try and get it going on the ground, and Dante Moore didn't look too bad, although the two interceptions hurt. What's your take on this one? Oregon State and Corvallis minus three and a half, fifty-four. I like Oregon State. I don't like Dante Moore on the road. I didn't like him last week, to be honest with you. KT almost cost UCLA the game. So I know because I had UCLA money uh, on that one. Uh, so I think UCLA's defense is good but they haven't faced a balanced offense. Utah couldn't throw. Mm -hmm. Washington State couldn't run. Oregon State can do both. So if we get DJU's performance from last week, Oregon State wins by double digits. There you go. DJ, take care of the football, and we'll be on those beeves, no question. Wisconsin, they'll be at home in Camp Randall. They're minus 934 the total against Kirk Ferentz and Iowa, who are going with Deacon Hill at quarterback now. Uh, Tanner Mordecai and Wisconsin, they need to take care of business in this one. I know he hasn't been the best, uh, but Braylon Allen, I think, could have a, a decent game, although that's where Iowa's strength is. That's their defense. Last week they had six sacks, 12 tackles for loss, but they only had three sacks going into that game. So uh, that could be an outlier right there. What's your take here? Wisconsin minus nine, 34 the total. I laid it with Wisconsin. Well, let's see how low this total goes. I'm going to be contrarian and go over. Because, I mean, you need everything to be perfectly, you know, to, to go under. And we've got quarterbacks that are turning the football over here, giving up short fields. Yep, no doubt. I, and I like Pauling, and I, I think DK can get behind the Iowa defense for a touchdown there for Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, FYI, put that one in your in your memory bank there, BP. 
got two games left. Alabama, Arkansas, Arkansas in Tuscaloosa, catching nineteen and a half, forty six and a half year total. Sam Pittman, we know his guys are going to come play, but Rocket Sanders uh, missing a lot of time doesn't look that great. KJ Jefferson, look, he kept him there uh, within a touchdown at Ole Miss, pretty impressive. Alabama, Saban got the guys the big win that they needed. They didn't play great. They gave up a lot of sacks and tackles for loss, but the defense played well enough. And uh, Bama got the win. That sometimes you just have to win at a place like College Station. Doesn't matter if it's ugly. You just got to find a way to win. Now you lay nineteen and a half, forty six and a half against Arkansas. Who do you like, BP? Tim Bennett, cider total, pass for me, KT. Wow, are you kidding me? Cider total on an Alabama game, and he's passing. There you go. I did not bet it. There you go. All right. Uh, last game, of course, you know these two teams really, really well. KT's favorite is Trojans going up against your favorite Notre Dame. But you said KT. Look at the look-ahead line. I might be on SC. Uh, Notre Dame's minus 2.5 now. 60 is your total, and a lot of people are going to remember what they saw late, those that stayed up or maybe that saw the highlights because Arizona darn near beat USC. Marshawn Lloyd, not a bad game on the ground, but the passing game was pretty much non-existent. But Muhammad had a great game defensively for Southern Cal, kept him in there. Sam Hartman off the three-interception performance at Louisville, and boy, again, they couldn't run the ball either. Who do you like in this one? Notre Dame minus two and a half, 60-year total against Southern Cal. Best bet of the week, USC. I got the better coach, the better quarterback. Uh, hourly weather forecast has the rain stopping before kickoff. Advantage USC. I think that they've been playing possum all year. They'll kick it up a notch. Notre Dame can't keep pace. SC fight on. Best bet. Easy right. win. There you go. Can of corn. No question. So we get through all the games. That leaves us time for a big game in the uh, Midwest, the Upper Northwest. I like North Dakota. They're going to wear their throwback helmets against North Dakota State. And I just have a feeling they're going to take care of business at home, pull the outright upset. What about it, BP? What's the line on that one? Uh, seven and a half. North Dakota State's favored by uh, fair line. I didn't bet it. I know, but. Just for old time's sake, just for our producer Mark Hoke, you're probably going to go with those throwback helmets in North Dakota. No, I'm going to say, uh, you know what? I would like to rile him up, but I got to call it like it is. Uh, I would lay it with North Dakota State. There you go. I just had to have a little fun with the hoaxer, of course. Uh, he's a North Dakota State <laughs> Bison grad for sure. BP, great stuff, my man. I hope you feel better. Hope these games come in better than the end of that West Virginia game, but you're the best, my man. Talk to you next week. Hey. Thanks for having me, KT. Take care. Appreciate Brad Powers. That'll do it for us tomorrow. Friday football fiasco, Megalox, John Cole, and Sisau, and uh, KT. Till tomorrow, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, Sports X Radio, 101.5 FM, K-Dawn. I stream live on that Odyssey app. Folks, have a great evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. God bless. Good night, everybody.